0: welcome to the how to survive a horror movie podcast where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life i'm your host ryan stacy and today we're getting a little spooky up in here because we're talking about 2003's Scary Movie 3. These men died for their country. Send flowers to their bitches and hoes. I'm joined by our Scary Movie correspondent, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, what a treat. I, uh, you know what? I, w- I was not expecting this. I remember looking back on this movie very fondly, and I was a little afraid going in that it wasn't going to, you know, live up to expectations because I don't, I don't think I've seen this movie for A decade. Yeah, more than a decade for me. Um, So I was really worried I was going to have another scary movie, too, on our hands. But no. No. This is better than the first scary movie. Yeah, I I will confidently say that. In fact, I'm going to go a step further, and I want to preface this by there's there's spoof movies. This is a spoof movie. There are a few spoof movies I haven't seen. I know um, there's a couple of Mel Brooks spoof movies like uh, Spaceballs or uh, I think Blazing Saddles is one. And then I know Airplane. I have not seen any of those movies in their entirety, and I know I need to. Okay? So I want to preface the statement I'm about to say, which might be controversial with the fact that I know there's more research I need to do into the spoof movie genre. But as of this moment, uh, May 25th, 2021, at 7.30 p.m., Scary Movie 3 is the greatest spoof movie of all time. You heard it here first, folks. I mean, probably you heard it here first because I don't think anyone else has ever had that statement before. Uh yeah, ooh. Honestly, I forgot about Spaceballs. Spaceballs is a good one, but I I have not seen it in its entirety, uh, and haven't seen any scenes in it for a long time as well. But I would have to agree with you. Now I've I haven't seen a lot of spoof movies, so mm-hmm. th- that's a very low bar, honestly. So I, I would like to get proven wrong because I really enjoyed this movie. So some can beat it, bring it on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, we get to watch a better movie in Scary Movie 3? <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, this was so fun. It was so funny. I loved it. I loved it. This was mm-hmm. great. There's, like, almost every joke lands, and there's some just amazing top-tier jokes. Yeah. Uh, this is a blast. But, you know, just so, so go watch Scary Movie 3. But I, I will say this is mainly a spoof of The Ring, Signs, and The Matrix Reloaded, which is the second Matrix movie. <laughs> so so not a horror movie. <laughs> yeah and there's a bunch of 8 mile in here too <laughs> and i have not seen signs or 8 mile and i haven't seen the the ring in like 10 years and i don't remember liking it very much but you know so i don't know a lot of the movies i i, I have not seen so. Yeah, and one of the things we really had to uh, have a disclaimer for, especially in the first scary movie in this, it is really spoilers for the movies that were being spoofed. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's more just conceptual at this point. I would say out of all of them, I think you should watch the Matrix movies because, yeah, I just have a feeling those would not land at all. No, I've seen never them. seen the Matrix. Yeah. Which is insane. Sorry. Go see The Matrix. I mean, it's understandable if you've not seen The Matrix 2, it's fine. Nothing too special. But, uh, yeah, I would watch The Matrix 2. And I think you'll get more of appreciation for Scary Movie 3. But I I don't know. I don't think you needed to see The Ring. Maybe it would help. I don't know. Why not? Why don't you watch them? And then go? It doesn't matter. Just watch all of these movies, probably. Yeah. But the point of this podcast is we are here to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. you can check out our current list of rules, 55 of them, on our Twitter account at how to horror that's how the number two horror and we're gonna go through the plot of this movie beat by beat decision by decision to see if we need to add any new rules to our list so spoiler alert for scary movie three and honestly go watch this movie first absolutely this is a blast this is such a fun time yeah if you like any horror comedy spoof movies go watch this one and even people who maybe wouldn't typically watch a film like this let me list a couple of the cast members for you, or mainly mainly just one for the old timers here. Leslie Nielsen is in this movie, but we also have Anthony Anderson, Kevin Hart in his second role ever. Yeah, um, a wild Kevin Hart appears. Yeah, wild uh, Queen Latifah. Uh, yeah, this this movie's got just an awesome cast. Charlie Sheen's first appearance in the series. Yep, Charlie Sheen's here, and he's Denise be Richards. In. <laughs> Denise Richards for a scene because I think they were married at the time. This this cast is incredible. Uh, And even some of the no-namers, Simon Rex is the main guy in this movie, and he's hilarious. Mm. And I've never seen him in anything besides the Scary Movie series. So, you know, go watch this movie. I love it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I gave it an 8. It's hard to give a spoof movie a a score that high. Totally. Um, I I put Scary Movie 1 out of 7, so I felt obligated to put it higher at an 8. And to me, a 9 means this is a great movie. Yep. And... There's a couple of jokes I didn't think that were funny, but the rest of the movie was so great. I'm giving it a nine. I know this isn't a review podcast, but I feel like people don't talk about Scary Movie 3 enough and how great this movie is. So go watch it. Uh, Josh, anything else before we get started here? No, I don't think so. I, I think the only thing would be that uh, this is this is the first scary movie that I watched in the entire series uh, back in the day, probably around middle school, and I remember actually being scared by it. Oh, uh, I remember being scared when uh, some of the the Ring parodied scenes ended up happening just because the girl was kind of freaky. Sure, and you know what? I was I was a little bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was the first one I watched also in middle school. I was not scared by it because I'm not a little bitch. Hmm. Well, <laughs> someone has to be here. Someone has to be. All right, let's get into the plot of Scary Movie 3. So, the movie begins with two apparently high school teenagers, uh, Katie and Becca. Katie is played by Jenny McCarthy, and Becca is played by Pamela Anderson. My sweet Pamela. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, they're definitely high school teenagers. Definitely. Uh, You know, a typical night, they're watching TV, and Becca tells Katie, like, hey, have you heard about this this, this killer videotape? After you watch it, you'll get a call, and it says you're going to die in seven days. And then they proceed to get into a pillow fight that escalates really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hit each other with pillows, and then start hitting each other with chairs, yep. and very violent. <laughs> it's very violent, a lot of fun. But then they get a phone call. Oh, my God, so spooky. It's Ooh. Becca's mom. <laughs> but later on, uh, Katie goes up to the bathroom, and Becca goes up to check on her and finds water on the floor. Goes in the room. Oh, my God. Jenny McCarthy, Katie, is, is dead. Oh, what a loss. Rip. We don't get to see it or anything. Nope. She's just like, it looks like she's been frightened to death. Yeah. I can't remember if this is what the victims looked like in The Ring. I don't remember. I wouldn't know. I've never seen it. Yeah. I, it's been so long since I've seen The Ring. Oh, my God. Becca, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> Rule number one to spot horror movies, you have to realize you're in one. Finding the dead body of your best friend is a good... That's a good first step. yeah. Yep. <laughs> especially the way her body looked. And her, her head actually falls off her, her her torso. And Becca's just like poking like, Katie, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Rule 10, don't panic. And I think this is just shock. Uh, the, the killer videotape comes on. And then probably Becca gets killed. But we never talk about the scene again. And it has no relevance. So I don't really get how they ended up dead. Because when did they watch the tape? I don't think Katie ever watched the tape. How did she die? Wait, well, was Katie the first girl or the second? Yeah, show? she Katie was the first girl. She never heard of it. No, she she had mentioned that she had watched it exactly a week ago. Oh, did she? Yep. I must have been missed that because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, must have been the sexy pillow fight. Mm, yeah, that might do it. But and this scene isn't important. Like, no, it's it's the, there is there are zero good moves. Essentially, no bad moves yep. either. It's just intro into the movie. Yep. Near Washington, D.C. is where this movie takes place, and we meet Tom. Tom is a farmer and a an ex-priest played by Charlie Sheen. Sure. Charlie Sheen wakes up to uh, Tom. He wakes up to uh, his daughter, Sue, screaming outside. Josh, you don't have kids. I do but not. But if, uh, if you had a kid, I assume if you heard them screaming for help, you would go check on them first thing? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I might... Uh, go get ready for my day, go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Take care of the essentials first. Sure. Uh, you know, going <laughs> to the bathroom, that is more of a priority, I would say. <laughs> she is. She's probably like the like third or fourth priority on sure. the list. And Tom's going to agree with you because he's going to go to the bathroom first. Uh, but eventually he's going to go outside. And his brother, George, lives there as well in a trailer next to the house. George is a wannabe rapper. Basically kind of like an Andy Sandberg lookalike. Uh, and, and in manners of stupid. he wants to be a rapper. <laughs> But he's the whitest kid you know. <laughs> also my favorite character in the movie. But there's a lot of great characters. Oh, yeah. George is just it's, it's, it's hard to decide. Yeah, but I, I love George. He's so good. Uh, they find uh, Sue screaming out in the cornfield. And there is a crop circle here. And George says, oh, I wonder what they're trying to tell us. He's already figured out they're in like a sci-fi movie. He jumps immediately to crop circles and aliens. Rule number one. You know, granted, I would my first conclusion would be someone's pranking me. You know, maybe one of my good old buddies. You know, if I owned a farm, I could definitely see like you and Derek coming to the the farm and uh, making some crops. It's just a mess with me. Yeah, and I mean, this doesn't mean that he automatically knows he's in a horror movie. He just is in an alien-related movie. Sure, sure. But you know, he's th- he's thinking ahead. He's like wondering like beyond the the basic. You know, what could this mean? And we zoom out, and it's just like a message says, "Attack there." <laughs> so stupid, but I love it. Which now thinking back to later in the movie, this makes no sense. Well, maybe the aliens figured out because it turns out it turns out the aliens are not a threat. They they are here because they accidentally saw the killer videotape. So the little girl Tabitha, the evil killer girl who's killing all these people after they watch the tape, the aliens saw it. They're like, oh god, we have seven days left. We have to go find this little girl and kill her. <laughs> oh, and I guess uh, I guess she's she's been just housed up like here. Yep. At the barn. So attack here. Then. Yep. Okay, th- this entire crop circle makes sense. Tabitha is buried in a well, just like at the ring, and the well has been buried underneath Tom's house. So it does make sense. Like, oh, we knew attack Tabitha. She's here. We're going to attack here. And maybe this was just a scout who'd gone ahead and figured it out, drove, uh, made the crop circle to let everyone know hey, we got to go here. We got to kill this girl. So get here. We have a few days left. All right. Patched up that plot hole. Boom. <laughs> Aliens thinking ahead. We're reintroduced to Cindy. A.K.A. Sydney, who I cannot pronounce her name right for the life of me. Cindy. Cindy. Our hero from the first two movies. She's back. She's blonde. And now she's a TV reporter. Uh, And she's great. Oh, yeah. She's just great. As always. And she was doing a story on the crop circles. Okay. So, Cindy has been raising her nephew, even though we didn't see her, like, brother or sister in the last movie. Don't worry about it. So she's been raising her nephew, Cody, who has, like, psychic abilities. Cody's mom died in childbirth (laughs) in a hilarious story. (laughs) It actually is funny. It actually was hilarious. But you know what? Uh, Some of these things, we're not going to be able to cover every single joke that happens in this movie. I wish we could. (laughs) I wish we could. Some of them are visual gags. So you're going to have to watch it for yourself. But Cody is uh, also hilarious. He's just this psycho, uh, psychic kid who gets run over by cars all the time. (laughs) And gets hit with everything. Everything. The amount of abuse inflicted on this child is hilarious. And he's always fine. He's always fine. He gets up. He's like, I'm okay. I'm trying to think of a clever joke here, but I can't because I'm laughing. No funny is that Cody gets run over by like three cars. (laughs) Oh my God. This this whole podcast is just me thinking about the movie and laughing. Yeah. yeah. Brenda, who's back from the first two movies as well, even though she died in the first movie, but whatever. She's here. She's back. She is Cody's teacher. Who the hell Let Brenda be a teacher I don't know George arrives Because Sue is uh, Obviously George's niece She is in the same class as Cody So George and Cindy meet And they're like Oh they're cute uh, George has a rap battle Happening the next night I can't even <laughs> say that Sentence on a straight face And he invites Cindy and Brenda To the rap battle Alright Adorable Sure I'm sure this is gonna go great Yep Cody has a vision of the ring girl, Tabitha, wanting to kill Cindy. So I guess the question is, how accurate are Cody's visions? Because this is the first vision we see from him. Yes, but Cindy seems... Like, this seems to be a very normal thing. Sure. Like, she's like... I I think she even says, like, what what are you seeing? Like, oh, what is it this time? And he very accurately describes it. He also very, very accurately describes a handful of other things along with this. Okay, yeah. So I guess his vision's... Are real, okay, uh, Cindy. You might be in a horror movie. Yeah, this this is. I feel like this is actually enough to put her over the edge because so she knows that things are going on with the crop circles, and she's already connecting the dots herself somehow. Yep. She she knows that her nephew is psychic, psychic, drawing pictures of people dying and yeah. predicting these these weird things. It should at least, at worst, be a red flag. Yeah. And I think for the most part, she starts to like kind of feel realize she's in a horror movie. She she does fairly well here. I mean, there's going to be a little bit more where she goes in the, the, the rap battle and stuff where she's not quite there, but you know, quickly enough, she's going to get there. Yeah. Sydney drives off and she's telling George or, or telling Cody how much, you know, how, how much she loves him and all this stuff and realizes, oh, wait, forgot to put Cody in the car. <laughs> Flips the car in reverse, drives backwards, and hits him with the car. <laughs> Cody just goes full line back. Like, absurdly cartoonish. Rule 37 keep your eyes on the road. And I guess if you're going in reverse, you know, you got to keep your eyes behind you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still counts. This isn't bad enough on Cody's part because why would you expect this to happen? So I can't even fault him no, for like any any like pedestrian like rules. Yeah, it's not like he was running out in traffic. He was running with traffic. Yeah, towards her. Yeah, like that joggers do that all the time. This is on Cindy. Yeah, and Cody gets home and he's just drawing pictures of the ring girl Tabitha. Uh oh. <laughs> so I guess Cindy, look out for that person. Some really spooky, dark looking girl with creepy hair. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for that person. Cody even says, Yeah, she's coming tonight. Uh oh, Cindy. Uh oh. So, a Catholic priest, or I guess I don't know if he's Catholic. Father Muldoon, a priest. We're going to assume he's Catholic. <laughs> uh, arrives and he's going to babysit Cody. And Cindy does not notice that he's got a bottle of booze and some, like, red romantic dinner candles with him and just leaves. Uh, We're never really going to... This never gets brought up again, but uh, uh, Father Molden, rule number four, don't be a menace. Yeah, and also, I don't know how close they are, but a little bit of stranger danger. Yeah, um... <laughs> I don't know, maybe get to know the priest a little better. I don't know how well they know each other, but, um... Because this isn't the first time that he's babysat. No. Uh, the implication is, uh, and uh, Cody immediately runs into his room and hides. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rule 2, constant vigilance. Pay attention to your kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rule 24, trust no one. Everybody's a suspect! <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going to stop this conversation right here. Moving on! Moving on! So we're introduced to George's buddy Mahalik, who is played by Anthony Anderson, and he is hosting the rap battle. And he is, his buddy CJ is there as well. CJ is played by Kevin Hart, and they're just George's best friends. These guys are great. They, they're awesome. And George is, like, getting ready to go out, and he's, like, getting himself all psyched up in the bathroom, just, like, straight out of 8 Mile. He runs into the bathroom, stall a puke, and there's someone in there. <laughs> Just pukes are right on a guy that's just taking a crap This is the scene I always remember when I think of Scary Movie 3. Now there's a bunch of scenes I'm always gonna remember, but I always Say, thought this, of this one, one. This is the one that stands out. Interesting. It, 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 it's one of many that stand out, to be honest, but this is one that I always thought of. Because he just stands up, and goes, motherfuck! <laughs> and then George just shuts the stall door. <laughs> and we just never see him again. No. <laughs> so Simon Cowell of American Idol is the judge for this rap battle. And he watches one set and he's like, You both are terrible. This this whole club is trash. What am I even doing here? That was Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. So Mahalik and the two rappers just pull out their guns and shoot him, and everyone in the crowd just cheers. <laughs> you just murdered someone. Rule four. Don't be a menace. Uh, Simon Cowell, watch what you say and how you say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if You're gonna if you're gonna critique some rappers in a quote unquote the hood, as it said on the bus. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> Just be careful. Yeah, be careful you say and how you say it. Rule nine. If you insult someone, you don't know how stable they are. They could shoot you. Yeah. So be nice. Be nice. If Randy Jax was here, he would not have gotten shot. No, no, he would not. So George goes up to do the rap battle, and he actually does a really good job. He's got the crowd on his side. Everybody loves him. Unfortunately, he is wearing a white hoodie, and when you put it up on your head, it looks very pointy. <laughs> Uh, You ever hear of something called the KKK? (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Now, in his defense, completely unintentional. (laughs) Accident. But just, uh, this isn't a rule, but like if you're ever buying a white hoodie, try the hood on first and make sure it's not pointy. Just a good rule of thumb. Make sure you stand in a mirror and you see what it looks like. Because otherwise you might just get yeeted out a window. (laughs) Also, I think he uh got uh, some Nazi. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was accidentally <laughs> doing. Hail on. Hitler. Hail me, bro. <laughs> oh, no. George, stop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that night Cindy goes over to Brenda's because she's been feeling a little uneasy. Turns out she watched the killer VHS tape a week ago. Uh-oh. So she plays like four gags on uh, Cindy thinking that she's dying. <laughs> Yeah, she, like, fakes a seizure, fakes having her hand on fire, uh, all all these different things. Rule four, don't be menaced. Yep. Because Brenda's actually going to get attacked and killed here. And maybe if she hadn't been fucking around playing pranks, Sydney could have saved her. Yep. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, yep. That is rule number 32. So Brenda's going to go into the next room, and the TV's turning on and off. And then it starts leaking water. And then finally, uh, Tabitha crawls out of the TV. Brenda, rule one, you're in a horror movie run bitch run <laughs> instead she's gonna i think panic again rule 10 to panic she's gonna sit down and just eat some popcorn and she's entertained <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh run me a lot of scary movie one with her in the theater yep <laughs> yeah rule 28 run bitch run run bitch run or rule 11 get out get out don't be here if, if if demon bitches are crawling through the tv you don't stick around and she's going very slowly too. You got time. Yep. She's crawling. She's literally the Lincoln Park song. <laughs> yep. So Brenda uh, and Tabitha fight. And Brenda's doing pretty well at first, but she puts Tab- up a good fight. Puts up a good fight. But Tabitha overpowers her and kills her. Womp womp. Rip Brenda. Yep. Get out, Run, bitch, run. Yeah, we just yeah. we talked about everything for Brenda. Due to her playing stupid games win stupid prizes, uh, she keeps calling out to uh, Cindy to have her help in the time. other room. And, you know, it, Boy Who Cried Wolf. Yep. Uh, Cindy's just like, yeah, yeah, and you're not going to get me again. Cindy finds her body. Not only is this, like, a shitty thing to do, like playing pranks on your friends, but guess what? Now Cindy's going to have lifelong trauma and guilt because she didn't save you, Brenda. But it's all your fault, Brenda. Yep. Thanks a lot. Uh, early frontrunner for Night of the Living Club, I think, Brenda. Yeah, yep. It's really not good. She didn't win it in the first movie, shockingly, but uh, maybe this time. Yeah, maybe. And she didn't win in the in the second yep. one either. Nope. She was very neutral. I remember mm-hmm. in the second one. Yep. So George and Tom they get a phone call. Brenda's death. You know, Sue's teacher. It's and George is like, "Hey, Tom, I, I got this. I'm gonna go tell Sue the really sad news. I'm gonna handle it well and like an adult." <laughs> so your teacher's dead. <laughs> just freaks out. Uh, yeah, this is like Andy Sandberg. I'm just like, oh my god. Oh yeah. This. This. This is really the correlation between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I ran over you, dog! Everyone around you is dying! (laughs) This really felt like a Lonely Island sketch. Like, (laughs) rule 37, George, keep your eyes on the road. And you don't run over dogs. So at this point, Tom goes outside. Instead of comforting his daughter, he just goes outside. And this guy named Salmon shows up. Simon is the guy who ran over and killed Tom's wife, Alice. And we're going to see that in a flashback. But he's apologizing for, you know, doing that and drinking and driving and murdering a hooker. Dude, don't confess that. Uh, <laughs> rule nine, be careful you say it how you say it, Salmon. I I mean Tom, Tom is a priest. Yeah, well ex-priest. I mean this ex yeah, ex priest because he specifically says don't call me father. And I you know I have said in the past some of the best advice my dad gave me growing up is uh, if you feel like confessing something don't do, don't go to a cop go to a priest. Yep. But you know you don't want to go to the priest you, whose wife you murdered. Yeah, probably not. Find find another one. Yeah, there's there's lots of priests out there. You can find the one that's buddy buddy with Cody. Yeah, I mean <laughs> don't bring your kid. <laughs> But flashback time, uh, Tom shows up at the scene of a horrible car accident. It's hilarious, but basically the point is his wife Annie, who's played by Denise (laughs) Richards, I think they were married at the time. She's been pinned to a tree by a Salmon's truck, and she's dying. And uh, basically she's like, promise me you'll never marry or have sex again, Tom. Tom's like, oh, I can't hear you, Oh, god. My uh, the god, why have you prevented me from hearing my wife's final words?" <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, "I'll never marry again." <laughs> completely completely ignores the sex yeah, part. Completely ignores it. Which the is same. very on brand for Charlie Sheen. Yes. And then she's like, "Tell George to swing away," uh, which is from Signs. Okay. And that like, that, okay. that makes more sense, I guess. It's like, yeah, it's a famous line from Signs. I haven't seen the whole all of Signs, but that, that scene I've seen. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll tell him that. Oh, you heard that part, Tom? And she dies. But as Saruman, uh, Saruman Sar- Sayaman drives off, he uh, hits something on the way out. Keep rising around, the road, people. Yeah, I don't know if that was like a, a cat or a sheep or what. Don't know. So we cut to Brenda's wake. If you want to talk about uh, scenes that you remember from yeah. when you watched it the first time, Th- this was definitely one that stood out to me. George arrives, and Sidney has to tell him it's a wake, and he's like, she's awake. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to save her. Me, he and Mahalik like, try and save her. I, I can't even, like, go in detail about this scene. No, George gets tossed out a window again. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> in the end, freaks everyone out. Brenda is still actually dead. Yep. And, yeah, he gets thrown out the window the exact same way he <laughs> did in the uh, after the rat battle. Wonderful. Cindy's like, George, I like you. And George asks her out and then they kiss. After that scene, sure. <laughs> sure. Cindy ends up finding the, the, the evil tape in Brenda's room. Okay, Josh. Let's say Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's say I've died horribly after watching an evil video Alright? Seven days that night and y- you saw the body horrifically mutilated, whatever. Do you watch the tape? Uh no. Yeah. That's correct. What's Cindy do? She watches the tape. <laughs> <clears throat> Rule number thirty-two. Play stupid games. Win stupid prizes. Don't watch the tape, especially if people are dropping dead. Uh-huh. Quite possibly the worst move of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. There is zero, absolutely zero reason to do this. I'm a reporter. I'm looking for answers. Well, if that's your excuse, rule number three, do your damn job but don't die in the process. Oh, good point. This is so stupid. And... We kind of said that she was in a horror movie, like pretty early on in the movie. I would say that once Brenda dies, like that's her confirming that she's in a horror movie. I had a, I had kind of a hard time tracking the rest of the characters throughout the movie of like the point when they would be in horror movies, just because it's just, just so wacky. And also, besides her and Cody, no one and Brenda, no one else watches this tape. Yeah, yeah. So you know, good for them. Yeah. But she gets a phone call telling her she's going to die in seven days. And she, you know, in her defense, she clarifies, is it business days? Do holidays count? Uh, no, it's just seven days. <laughs> I think the quote was, uh, do you want me to come there and kill you tonight? <laughs> I'm giving you seven days. Damn. it's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> so George Mahalik and CJ are out driving around. And CJ is drive-by painting people. Which is just so random, but I love it. Yeah, I it's, didn't know if this was a reference to something. Like I, I don't, I've don't, i never seen 8 Mile. I was okay. say, oh yeah, it's probably 8 Mile. Maybe, I, I don't know. And City calls for help and they go over there. And CJ and uh, Mahalik have heard of the Tate. Alright, so other people have heard of it. George, CJ, Mahalik, you guys might be... Horror movie adjacent. Just don't watch the tape. Yeah, they're really close here. Close enough to, you know, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. You are on the precipice of being in a horror movie and you you have an easy the easiest way out ever. Just don't watch a single VHS tape. Yep. You don't even need to get out or, you know, lock and load or no. any of that stuff. You don't stuff. need to do anything except don't watch the tape. You'd think it'd be simple. And, and, it, and it is. They don't do it. True, true. None of them do it. But CJ was like, hey, my my aunt knows all about this. Uh, So CJ sends her to... Uh, his aunt Shaniqua, who's played by Queen Latifah, and Queen, Queen Latifah is ju- her character is literally just the Oracle from the from the Matrix movies. Yeah, I, I don't really get this bit why they're doing this bit, but okay, sure, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really contribute a whole lot to like advancing the plot either uh, yeah. of the movie i mean I, I guess she kind of helps her uh i suppose <laughs> with the light with the lighthouse and everything yeah okay but before she goes over there she she has uh george babysit and george actually puts picks uh, cody sticks his head into a ceiling fan and gets him knocked out of a window <laughs> this is after a sequence of uh, uh throwing a ball and hitting him in, in the head and then hitting him in the head again with his knee yep uh rule two constant vigilance Look out for ceiling fans when you're lifting children into the air. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good thing to do. Pro tip, children and ceiling fans don't mix. That's my Parenting 101, even though I have no kids, but uh, that's my genius parenting inside. Good, good job. You're welcome. Free, free parenting advice here. Look at, look at this. So as, as I was saying, Cindy goes over to the Oracle's place. Um, her husband, Orpheus, is there as well. <laughs> and he is played by Eddie Griffin. Hi, Eddie Griffin. Why are you here? And basically, sydney has got a copy of the tape, so they all watch it together. Maybe not the best idea. Yeah. Uh, now, in The Matrix, the Oracle is a computer program, so she can do whatever she wants. So, is she a computer program here? I don't know. I'm going to go with probably not. Yeah. Don't watch the tape. I, I really don't know for her, because yeah. maybe she knows that if she watches it, she can figure it out and defeat it somehow, but... Why even put yourself at risk? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You don't know Cindy. Why help her? Yeah. No reason to. You don't know anyone else who's who's watched this? Like, it's not like there's some other tie to, to someone you know. Yeah. But basically, she says the tape is connected to the crop circles. There's a lighthouse in the tape. And the tape is just ridiculous, by the way. like It's like the wackiest art house student film you've ever seen. But it's hilarious. I can't even describe all of it. It's But it's wonderful. But she's like, yeah, you need to find the lighthouse. And... <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a there's a woman in this tape uh, who is, turns out to be Tabitha, the ring girl. It's her mother. And at one point, uh, the oracle needs to use a fly swatter and swats it. <laughs> and then Tabitha's mother just swats her back. And they get into a big fist fight through the TV. If you're fighting people in your TV, you're in a horror movie. Yeah, yep, yep. No excuses now. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney gets home and finds George unconscious. Oh, my God. what is a horrible thing has happened here. George wakes up and he's like, I don't remember what happened. I just... We were playing Yahtzee, and he looks down, and George realizes he got a Yahtzee. He's like, oh, my God, Yahtzee stands up, hits his head on his (laughs) shelf, and knocks himself out again. Right back. (laughs) That's a brilliant joke. Yeah, that's that's great. And while George has been unconscious, Cody got his hands on the tape and watched it. You dumbass kid. I thought you were psychic. Why would you do that? Maybe this is all part of the plan. Maybe. I don't know why, but maybe. Play Stupid Games win Stupid Prizes, Cody. Yeah. So, Sydney gets a call. How about you don't answer the phone? It's just like scream. Don't answer the phone. Nothing bad can happen if you don't answer it. Yeah. What happens if you never answer a phone call again? Maybe they mail you a letter. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Cut to the next day. Letter. <laughs> Damn seven it. Seven days. <laughs> Six now. <laughs> so, Sydney hangs up the first time because like the the killer wants to talk to Cody, but... Sydney hangs up, calls back, takes a message. She's like, yeah, I'll take a message. Writes it down in seven days. Damn it, Sydney. Hang up the phone. So I, I know this wasn't a thing back then, but a great joke could have been. She is. She answered and you just hear, we've been trying to reach you about your extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> and and was, then she just scringes. No. Yeah, yeah, if, we, if we remade the movie today, you could do it almost beat for beat, but change one joke. <laughs> just add slide that one in. <laughs> Tom hears some weird singing noises coming from Sue's room. So he goes to check him out. And, oh, my God, it's Michael Jackson. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we get a fight between Charlie Sheen and Michael Jackson. It's not the real Michael Jackson, but. No. If it wasn't mentioned, this was 2003, by the way, that this movie was released. So we had a a ton. A ton, a ton of references in Scary Movie Two, yep. uh, to things that were going on around like 2001 area. This one didn't have really as many, but you know, you you still kind of got a feel for 2003. And the big one was all this, all the Michael Jackson references, because yeah. they reference all like, like he gets dangled out a window, and Charlie Sheen's like, "How do you like it?" <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, uh, his nose gets ripped off at some point, but it, it turns out it's just an alien using a Michael Jackson body. But why? <laughs> Maybe this was a scout trying to find the well. Inside sure, the another house. scout. Alien scout. And they're like, you know, we'll dress this. Uh, oh, famous human Michael Jackson. They uh, don't know people the history. Love him. People, yeah. And people love Michael Jackson. I'm sure, you know, if they catch you in the house, they'll show, let you stick around. Maybe something like that. I don't know. It wouldn't be creepy at all for you to be in the daughter's bedroom. Nope. <laughs> Fucking hell <love> of this movie. <laughs> so, Sydney, she wants to warn everybody about this evil tape, Noble. So she goes back to work. Takes over the teleprompter and just starts typing away, making the... uh It's just like Anchorman, even though this was before Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. Year before Anchorman. Anchorman ripped off this joke. And basically makes the anchor read whatever she writes. And she's like trying to warn people about the tape. And it's just do a big fight between her, her boss, and the janitor about who gets to hate on the thing. But... Yeah. It works. Sydney Splint works. News gets to the president of the United States somehow. I mean, I, I mean and this did take place just outside of Washington, D.C., so yep. it's fairly realistic if you think about it in that way. You know, I'm sure the news is on frequently at the White House. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, oh, my God, Mr. President, there's possibly aliens in an evil VHS tape, and it's all connected. And so President Harris, played by Leslie Nielsen, uh, is here everybody? I, I think I think my favorite character. It he, top two. It, it's him and uh, George. Yeah, George just has more screen time. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe beat for beat, minute for minute, uh, President Harris is like the best one-liners, yeah. and it's Leslie Nielsen. He's so good. And basically, he's he's not too shocked by this because he knows aliens exist. Last year, uh, two thousand two, an alien ship crashed in New Mexico, and the one body they accidentally ate at a state dinner. <laughs> Whoops. Mm. And then head to the next day for leftover sandwiches. Yep. So, you know, not great. Pro tip people. If aliens crash on Earth, the first thing we should do is not eat them. The, especially the deceased ones. You know, you want to eat them alive. Yeah. You could start an intergalactic war here. Yeah. So be careful. So Cindy ends up finding the lighthouse. Um, Looks it up. Figures it out. Finds the lighthouse. She goes to it. And inside is another Matrix reference. It's the architect. And I, I've never understood this. Yep. So whatever. For In me. the Matrix, this is... The, the architect of the Matrix, the person who built the Matrix. Mm, okay. um, and Neo finally gets to the epicenter of the Matrix and, and meets the architect. It's got all these TVs. of It's just like this weird-ass trippy scene, and they they, they, they create a uh, shot-for-shot remake of it, basically, with Cindy and this architect, who's played by George Carlin. Uh, love George Carlin. Basically, the backstory is he and his wife adopted Tabitha because they couldn't have kids of their own. It turns out she was just, like, super evil it happens you adopt children sometimes they're super evil you never know what you're gonna get that's why you don't adopt children because that sometimes they might be evil and the wife ended up drowning her in the family farmhouse well a little extreme yeah he's like i thought a timeout would have (laughs) sufficed but whatever (laughs) hey uh rule number four don't be menace don't murder your children or Or. (laughs) from the wife's perspective no half measures yeah oh god (laughs) no more half measures walter yeah I guess who would have thought she would somehow manage to leave her evil behind on a vHs tape? I don't think anybody can realistically expect that to happen. no, no, so if she really was that evil and you and you you know there are, there is a movie famously the omen. the whole plot of that movie is the main guy's gotta kill finds out he needs to murder his kid because his kid is the antichrist like oh shit, gotta murder your kid if you gotta do it, no half measures. <laughs> Rule number 29, no half measures. <laughs> you didn't think you need that one. I didn't <laughs> think I was going to need that one. But, you know, she had a point. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thanks, Jitch. You know, why is it? <laughs> Whatever you and I do in podcast together, it is easily one of the darkest episodes we've ever do. We're talking about all these horrible things that happened, and now we're talking about the best way to murder your child. Scary <laughs> <game> Movie 3. Scary <laughs> Movie 3, everybody. <laughs> Just what you expected. <laughs> so she she put her evil essence on a vhs tape which would have been fine but the architect accidentally returned it to blockbuster and put the wrong tape in the box it happens (laughs) yeah it happens to everybody (laughs) and he thinks the aliens were summoned here by tabitha to destroy everyone but no they just watched the tape but we don't know about that yet yeah basically he's like i'm not really sure how how that's connected but it could be yeah um, meanwhile, alien footage has started to appear everywhere. The news is broadcasting all this, these these alien footage. Aliens are here on Earth. So when you watch this on uh, just like TV, if this is just like a rerun on FX or okay. something, uh, I always remember these scenes because it was just one after another of like... Uh, the, the newscast was basically saying like this disgusting like graphic whatever like images and he's talking about the alien yep. but it's gonna be just like this horse just shitting all over or the these place, Dogs humping. Dogs humping guy just puking just projectile vomiting. And these and, aliens are walking by in the background. And it's, it's just always aliens just in the background but I always remember on like network television when they'd be replaying this everything would just be like massively like pixelated and blurred out that's great. <laughs> and i don't think i ever actually watched this movie like on dvd so <laughs> i don't think i ever had actually like watched just the uncut version oh my of god it. that's fantastic i'm glad i could be here for that yeah so all right aliens are on earth possible horror movie maybe a sci-fi movie you're in a movie yeah. Everyone on earth, you are in a movie. And if anyone knows like anything about like potential encounters against like aliens from any movies or whatever, maybe have your guard up. Yeah. Tom's gonna start boarding up his house. That's something. I mean, what else could you really do for aliens? Yeah, you have no idea what if they have weapons, what kind of powers they might have, you know. So this is a horror movie podcast, not necessarily a sci-fi survival podcast. Cars on the table, I don't really care for sci-fi movies. There's some I like, but in general, I'm not really a fan of sci-fi movies. So this is my my area of expertise is a little limited here, but I guess my rule of thumb would be, you know, lock down. Hopefully have some weapons and some some you know, food stored up, just in case shit hits the fan. And just like lie low uh, and just wait and listen to the radio and just like listen to what happens and try not to get involved until you have to. Wait it out. Don't be in a densely populated area and hope that it all just blows over in the end, or hope that they're friendly. Yeah, in that kind of situation, uh, I, I'm gonna say rule number fifty: Don't assume you're the protagonist because mm-hmm. it's an alien invasion movie. There's we tons of main, uh, we have tons of people on the planet. There's only one main character. There's only one. Probably isn't you. You don't need to go Independence Day on it. Yes, we all can't be Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. No, we cannot. Uh, so you know, just 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 hide. Yeah. President Harris, they, uh, to keep uh, appearances, to keep everyone calm, even though aliens are here, they decided to have like an award ceremony for, uh, and it's like a Mother Teresa ceremony, basically to award like uh, handicapped people, Girl Scouts, just like a whole bunch of like people, like innocent, vulnerable. Yeah. Some of them are a little odd looking because some of the handicapped ones. But yeah, doing the award ceremony, right? And then he all of a sudden is like, (gasps) What if the aliens can take over human bodies? And there's all these uniquely shaped humans around, uh, with with various handicaps, some of braces, and so he and his secret service agent buddy just start punching people. <laughs> like, oh my god, this one has metal teeth! Look at. Uh, there, yeah, there's there's a guy that walked up that need like uh, a voice like amplifier or whatever, and yeah. he he sounds uh, robotic or whatever. <laughs> he just punches him in the face. Says, oh my god, no! <laughs> so Leslie Nielsen and his security guard, they're all just punching all these innocent people because they think they're in a horror movie. I mean, they are, but no, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, and the security guard pulls out a shotgun, shoots his way out the building, and he and the president escape. At least none of these innocent people die. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just not a, good, not a good look for uh, the, the PR angle, Mr. Sure. President. But, you know, look at it this way. At least he's, he's still, you know, in, in 2021, he's not the worst president we've had. You know what? That is fair. <laughs> so, Sydney gets home and she discovers Cody has gone to Georgia's house. And also the news is now playing the evil tape on the air. How many copies of this tape are there? I don't know. So... In newsrooms, I I used to work in a newsroom. When you show footage, everyone in the newsroom can see it. Like, you know, because people always, they always have their TVs on and got people in the control room. Everyone can see exactly what's being broadcast. Uh, rule number three, do your damn job, but don't die in the process. And rule four, don't be a menace. <laughs> don't show evil cursed tapes on the air. Yeah, there is no benefit to this. None. So George is bored at the doors, but he does it wrong. And so he just walks in fantastic they all cindy george cody sue and tom all five of them they go down in the basement uh they're barricading themselves in the house but then they hear weird noises outside the door and cindy said this is clever she uses a knife to look under the door and see on the other side And there's aliens there i i assume that's from signs yeah because it seems like a little too clever for scary movie three to come up with (laughs) yeah but hey it's clever you know it's a way to be constantly vigilant yep. without exposing yourself. You know, she didn't leave her shelter, which is rule number eight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what appears to be an alien coming through like a vent to the outside grabs Cody. So George springs into ap- action, uh swing away, George, he grabs a baseball bat and just beats up Cody. <laughs> just horrifically beats I, Cody. I'm shocked that like we actually got the payoff for the swing away joke. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it, and I definitely wasn't expecting it in this context. <laughs> Sweet, my beating up Cody. <laughs> I think in Signs, he's beating up an alien with a baseball bat. I would assume I so. Think. I I can't really remember. I only remember a little little bits and pieces of Signs. It's Mahalik who grabbed Cody. Not, not an alien. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Cody. And the aliens, they, they disappear because it turns out they don't know how to open doors. <laughs> They're literally the opposite of Velociraptors. They can't figure out how to open doors. <laughs> they can fly across just the galaxy, but they can't open doors. <laughs> so Mahalik, George, and Tom, they all decide to go fight the aliens. You know, the, the menly men got to go do it. Uh, two and a half men, kind of. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Me and George being half the men. Yeah. I mean, George even says, uh, so so what's the, what's the cutoff for uh, children? Because women and children <laughs> staying behind, like, children like i'm a child right like two and a half men. so they grab shovels rule five lock and load i don't know what's going on with maholic shovel because they hear something from the cornfield and he cocks his shovel like a shotgun <laughs> i'm pretty sure i have that as a gift for one of my rules i think that is the gift for the lock and load rule this is maholic <laughs> cocking really? his shotgun uh, i i not even notice that when we were watching this time around i love it he's just like i think i hear one it's a shovel <laughs> uh, I'll also say like they had time to look for better weapons other than shovels here. I, it's, it's Cindy found later a I don't a hatchet or something or like some sort of axe. You probably could have brought something like that instead True. of a shovel. Shovels aren't good weapons. Like it, it, I'm not gonna poop on shovels here. Like they're fine. I get why they didn't take the chainsaw because if they want to be stealthy for your initial True. attack. But yeah, crowbar and axe. If oh if you want to opt for non lethal, I guess. Uh yeah, you could just knock them out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna hate on the shovel. At least they have something, better than nothing. Better than nothing. So two aliens appear, but President Harris arrives and runs them over by accident. Like, so look, look, look keep your eyes on the road, President Harris. Yeah, because it was definitely an accident, and he uh, <laughs> drop some cash on them. We don't say, need like, to get the cows, i do we? or insurance. I'll do we drop yeah. some <laughs> cash. And then the UFO show. He's like, ah, yes, our our uh, the, the Air Force's circular aircraft are here. <laughs> what? <laughs> but at the same time, Maholik's got backup coming in. CJ is here with a bunch of his friends from the hood. They're all strapped. One of them is a rocket launcher. Oh yeah, gangsters versus uh, aliens is going to be great. The gangsters all get into a fight and shoot each other, and they all die. <laughs> CJ lives, but everyone else, they all shoot and kill each just other just immediately. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what this would be because I don't. This isn't. This isn't really even like implicated by. A horror movie no. or anything. Yeah, this, this, is should... just, this is just regular gang violence. Yeah. I guess rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it. They're all... True. This stole... started because of comments. It insults. Yep. Yeah. Just be nice. Just be nice. There you don't go. Don't shoot everybody. Rule four, don't be a menace. Don't participate in, uh, you know, shooting sure. people. And somehow they all die. They all die. All eight of them. Not one of them left standing. And then we have the best line of the movie. I Which I had completely forgotten about. And it's, it's amazing. President Harris goes, these men died for their country. Send flowers to their bitches and hoes. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Send flowers to their bitches and hoes. Leslie Nielsen said that line. What a God-tier quote. <laughs> amazing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> so the aliens attack. And uh, Mahalik manages to hit one with his, sho- uh, uh, his shovel and decapitate it. Effective weapon. He's like, guys, I've discovered their weakness. Without their heads, they can't do anything. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. You're not wrong. But the alien is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you know, we're not here to fight. We're here to stop this little girl. We all watched this tape. And I think she's going to kill us. It's day seven. got to kill this girl. Oh, cool. So we're, we're all on the same page here. We're not in a horror movie anymore. Everyone, we're out of the horror movie because... I, besides people who watch the tape, I mean, the aliens are still in the horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, but all of our human characters besides Sydney and Cody, they're, we're good. As long as you don't watch the tape. You were out of the horror movie. Cool. So George and uh, George is going to back in it later, but yeah, cool. You survived the alien invasion movie. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So Sydney's down in the basement and she realizes the basement is in the tape. This basement is in the tape, and she starts digging up the floor and finds the well underneath. Oh, my God. This was the old family farmhouse. Tabitha appears, and she's just like, Cindy's, like looking around, and Tabitha's like right behind her, just like, eh, nope, can't see me. Oh, you can't see me. Constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. <laughs> Tabitha gets her hands on a chainsaw, and Cindy reaches for the first weapon. She could find uh, a leaf blower. It's better than nothing. You could throw it at her. hit her with it, I guess. It's a blunt weapon, but, you know, she, she ends up getting a crowbar, and... Tabitha is doing the uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre chainsaw Woo! dance. Uh, great reference. Accidentally cuts down a beam on her head. Uh, rule two, constant vigilance. You know, if you're, if you're attacking with a chainsaw, you really got to be careful and mind your surroundings. Yep. <laughs> George comes in, grabs an axe. He's like, Cody, I'll save you. Because Tabitha has grabbed Cody. He's holding a hostage. And Cody's like, no. <laughs> Cody, Cody's seen this movie before. <laughs> but Cindy and George, this is the best. They're like, you know. You you've lived a life of suffering and you were abused probably by your family. What what if we offered you a real family? You know, I'll be your mother, and George is like I'll be your father. What, what the fuck, George? This is out of no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don't get yourself into this situation, George. What do you do? You have no obligation here. You're not you're not in the horror movie. Yeah, George, you weren't in the horror movie. You're gonna be fine. You didn't watch the tape. <laughs> Rule 35, no one to cut ties. <laughs> you already tried to cut ties several times in this movie because he's like, I'm no good for you, Sydney. I, I mess up everyone's lives around me. I should just leave. Just, just leave. And then now when there's actual danger like you are in, there's a demon TV monster trying to kill Sydney. You're gonna jump in and offer to be this thing's father. George, no! <laughs> Not the right move. <laughs> oh my god, George. And she's like Really? Wow! You guys. She turns all nice. You guys broke the curse. I don't need to kill ever again. Yeah, like she, she just like perfectly like cleans up, it's has this nice girl. transformation into yeah. into like her previous form, basically. And then they're like, "Oh, cool!" Nice. Just, just like, really? Psych! No. <laughs> just immediately goes back. <laughs> but before anything else can happen, President Harris walks in, opens the door, and knocks her down the well, and does like his favorite, famous line from Airplane. I uh, just wanted to say, good luck. We're all counting on you. And then closes the door and leaves. And then she falls down the well and George seals her in. Uh, terrific. Yep. So George and Sydney to get married. Tom's a priest again. The president's there. He catches the bouquet, fights off a bunch of people to get it. <laughs> sure. And they're driving away. They're going to go off on their honeymoon. And they're so happy to be a family. And then they realize they left Cody behind. <laughs> Yet again. So back up the car. Oh, no. We know exactly what's going to happen here. Oh, wait. They stopped just in time. George was driving this time. He stops at the last second. He did keep his eyes on the road. Unfortunately, Cody, rule 16, look both ways before crossing the street. He stopped running in an intersection, gets hit by a different car, coming the other way. After a nice, nice long exhale, just like, oh, I made it. Wait. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> Roll credits. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, that's Scary Movie 3, everybody. What a ride. Uh, you'll Love it. Gotta love it. So I don't have any new rules for Scary Movie 3. Unlike Scary Movie 2, where we got a bunch of new Shocker. Rules. Nothing for Scary Movie 3. So let's get into the awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge uh, for the character who did the best job at following the rules, and this is based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Where do you want to go with this, This judge? is actually really difficult. Yeah, this is. I'm really struggling here. Because, I like... So, so main characters wise like Cindy had a lot of good stuff she had a lot of bad yep. stuff though so I don't think we can give it can't to give her. It to Cindy George had one bad move right at the end where you know no one to cut ties George <laughs> we can't give it to George he wasn't terrible but that's not good uh, um Tom was mostly nothing uh yeah he like, just boarded up his house that's great yeah can't give it to Cody either because he watched the tape no one who watched the tape can win this yep who willingly watched it, I guess. So we got Mahalik and CJ. I mean, CJ rolls up to this fight because with a ton of guns and backup. Yeah, he, he wait for backup. Yeah, he followed rule 12, wait for backup. Didn't watch the tape, but had information and, and helped people. What didn't? Yeah, with his aunt or, or whoever yeah. that was. Uh, he didn't get involved in the horror movie until the aliens invaded. And when everyone is devolved. True. Anything from the president? He just kind of showed up and ran some aliens over by accident. Everything... Yeah, that's not, that wasn't on purpose. Perf- everything was just on yep. accident. CJ, uh, yeah, the president did everything by accident. <laughs> CJ's pretty good. Mahalik showed up on his own, so I don't think we can give it to him. Yep. Uh, yep. CJ, CJ is better than Mahalik. With no weapon. Yep, with, with no weapon besides a shovel shotgun thing that he sure. found in the basement. Sure, they locked and loaded, but everyone else did. Who else do we have? Here? Can't be Brenda. <laughs> uh, no, Brenda, honestly, nomination for Night of the Living Plab. Yep. The Oracle and Orpheus both watched the tape. Uh, Neither of the girls from the beginning. No, (laughs) There was no one, like, amazing move by anyone either. No. Like, what was the best move of the movie? I only had bad moves that I wrote down. Uh, You know, Tom, you know, did better create his house, which is what we suggested. Sure. He has George helping him, who did a bad job. So, I guess, really, who is better, Tom or CJ? I think those are our two. Tom boarded up his house. I... (laughs) But then, yeah, I honestly he think just he just didn't do anything. Yeah, there's nothing else. It's besides. actually it was actually pretty surprising how little yeah. like uh, Charlie Sheen was in this movie. He did fight Michael Jackson pretty well. Yeah, I guess yeah, that, yeah that was, that was fine. CJ though, I like he rolls up to the fight locked and, and loaded. He always took everything really seriously. Yep, he knew about the tape. He didn't watch the tape. He he was able to guide people to help, but really he stayed out of it mm-hmm. until he couldn't. He backed up everyone's stories. Like when he's like, Oh no, no, I know that. I know that. Yep. And Mahalla kind of did the same thing, but CJ was better. Yeah. In the end. Uh now granted, you know, the people who he showed up with all shot them each other, but that's not CJ's fault. No. No. <laughs> um see wanna give it to CJ? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, this is not great. I mean, there's nothing here that's very impressive. This is this is probably the most like not not like bad, but like neutral. Yeah. It's a lot he, of. He's neutral. not flawed. And really, at all. You know, there's the, some. Even the bad characters in this movie, they don't do much wrong. There's just. Basically, the one thing here is don't watch the tape. Yeah. That's about it. Mm-hmm. All the characters didn't watch the tape, CJ seemed the most prepared for the alien fight. Yeah. Kevin Hart. There <laughs> CJ, we go. <laughs> CJ uh, is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. I was not expecting that. Congratulations to Kevin Hart. Honestly, I, I had no idea what to expect for that one. Now we have Night of the Living Club, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. And I think this is one of the easiest ones we've ever had. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Yeah, first I would like to give a dishonorable mention to Cindy for the worst move of the movie, of yep. um, willingly watching the tape. A lot of the people who were were kind of the first introductions into watching the the tape, we don't know how that happened. So maybe they didn't know about it beforehand. Yep. They just happened to watch it for whatever reason. And Cindy just completely willingly yep. did it. So huge dishonorable mention yep. there. She did a lot of other stuff right. Yep, like, uh, the teleprompter, bunch. Of, she got the word out absolutely, which which is going to be enough to raise her above. Who? brenda <laughs> we're here we're finally giving one to brenda and i'm so happy i wanted to the first time around but we couldn't brenda meeks <laughs> related to randy meeks in some alternate universe sure is the winner of the night of the living club she was a uh, menace because she uh did the boy cried wolf to sydney too many times she watched the tape again we don't know how but she did watch it and then when she was attacked by tabitha she sat there eating popcorn when she should have been running she had so many opportunities to make it out of here Brenda is the Night of the Living Club, but she's not still so living anymore until Scream Movie 4 starts, because she's alive magically again in that one. She's got many lives yeah. here. But yeah, Brenda, that's great. Yeah, Brenda. she's terrible. Rest in peace for the second time this series. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't know what we're doing next time. Uh, uh, maybe Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Maybe not. No idea. Who knows? The Wheel of Spooks is still in quarantine for now. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, I don't know what's going to be coming up next, but unlikely it'll be as entertaining as Scream Movie 3. Nah uh i'd be disappointed if it was yeah (laughs) josh you want to come back with scary movie four absolutely uh it's all downhill from here i i expect it to be downhill and that is perfectly fine there's got to be a peak to every series and we we were there we were just there all right scary movie four josh will be back for and we'll get to that soon enough i would assume Mm -hmm. all right josh anything else you want to say any social media you want to give out sure if you if you feel like it follow me on twitter instagram at jwessler that's j-w-e-h-s-e-l-e-r follow me for stuff follow us on twitter at how to horror that's how the number two horror uh give us five star reviews on whatever app you listen to us on please and thank you uh josh anything else no i'm good this was fun man yeah i like this this is a good one go watch scary movie three again even if you already watched it just watch it again right now and if it's been a decade since you've seen it it holds up it holds up uh even better than the first one which is fantastic. Yeah. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, and now more than ever, stay safe out there. <coughs> <coughs>